0: Welcome to Becoming Whole Podcast. I am your host, Claire Bradshaw, a life coach and a yoga and meditation teacher. Join me as I explore with my guests what it means to live a life of wholeness and connectedness. A life where all parts of ourselves, our body, mind and spirit come together into alignment. Where we're truly living into our own personal values and the fullest expression of who we are. So if you're a seeker, a feeler and someone wanting more from your precious life, then tune in every fortnight and let's grow together. We're up to number 37 on the podcast. I'm pretty happy that we've got so far. So 37 hours. Um, of interviews of talking if you've been listening to this podcast for a while I just want to thank you so much for uh, following along the journey and being interested and sending me messages and also giving ratings on iTunes so that we can get some of these messages out there of, you know, real people doing the work and really, you know, aligning their lives with something that's true and meaningful to them based on their life experiences and then sharing this with other people to inspire them. It's been an absolute pleasure to run this podcast for you. So, in this episode today, I am speaking with the beautiful Fran de Garville. She is a friend of mine. She's a fellow coach, and she was in a mastermind um, that I was in for the whole of last year. And she is a functional nutritionist. She's also a yoga teacher, and she helps people get to the root cause of their symptoms and start eating real foods so they can lose weight, get more energy, and live a life that they love. She believes that healthy eating can be fun and easy, and we just need to find a way of eating that we enjoy and that fits in with our busy lives. Um, She's very active on Instagram, so you can get loads of tips from her there. She also runs a a four-week online program and um, she runs one-to-one um, client sessions as well. So she runs a program too. Um, she's a real inspiration and you know, talks a lot about the importance of eating real food. She also debunks some of the stuff around, you know, um, in the supermarkets, we have these products that say that they're healthy and they're good for us. And she often goes and kind of really looks at some of the details in terms of the ingredients and kind of pulls apart some of this stuff. Um, She's a a real lady through and through, and so I can't wait for um, you to listen into this podcast. She's got some great insights in terms of you know how to start to look after ourselves from and eating in this you know real whole food way. And we have some really great discussions around um, the journey to um, starting to make some habits in our lives. Um, And that you know sometimes there is some resistance that comes through as we start to make these positive habits. That doesn't mean that we can't follow through. It's just sometimes we need a bit of an extra push or a little bit of extra support to help us work through some of this stuff. I also wanted to let you know um, before we head through to the um, interview that I have a little freebie for you. So if you're looking to start some healthy habits in your life, I have a free um, little kit that I put together, a little morning magic pack. Um, because I believe that the morning's are really sacred time. This is when we really set up for the day. And if we begin our days from a place of reactivity, of looking at our smartphones, or kind of rushing, then that tends to set the tone for the entire day. So something that I um, began implementing about four years ago was a morning routine and that began with some mindful exercise, um, a little bit of spirituality, so some yoga, maybe a little run or a walk. Followed by about 10 minutes of meditation before I turn on my phone, before I start getting ready for the day. And this has had an absolute profound impact on my life. So, I have recorded a yoga class for you, a morning breathing meditation, and then also my morning tips and some journaling exercises. So, if you'd like to get that, um, I'm offering it for free. So, you can download it, there'll be a link in the notes. Um, and you can also grab that from my website. All right, well, let's get straight through to the episode. Hey, Fran, welcome to the um, podcast. Hey, Claire,
1: thanks for having me.
0: Awesome. So, um we know each other. We are fellow coaches and um I want to talk about, you know, your journey um to becoming, you know, a lot healthier and becoming a coach. But I want to go back in time. So, have you always been as healthy as you are today?
1: No, I definitely haven't Claire. I think you know there were always aspects of health i've always been interested in in fitness and you know fitness isn't necessarily healthy as i know now and i'm sure you know now as well so yeah i think this whole sort of journey of starting to understand more about you know health in the right way actually started when i was a teenager and i developed chronic fatigue for the first time and I think that was the first time that I actually sort of started seeking out different practitioners and looking for, you know, different advice because I wasn't getting the answers um, that were actually, you know, helpful in any way from conventional medicine. So at that time, I was exhausted. I was sleeping 14 hours a night I was I was in high school I think about grade 11 in high school and I would turn up to school and just be falling asleep in classes and really struggling and it was driving me insane because I just wanted to you know be like all the other kids in school Um, and I just I just wasn't and I just knew something wasn't right but I went to all these doctors and they told me you know it's just a phase you're just a teenager you just need to you know suck it up and get on with it basically. And you know, there's nothing wrong with you because they couldn't see anything, you know, quote unquote wrong from a blood test. So, but I knew something wasn't right. So at that time, um, you know, my parents were really supportive. Basically, I just sort of got better. Acupuncture was really helpful for me with some things, you know, with the fatigue and with my sleep quality because I just wasn't able to sleep either. I had insomnia. So acupuncture really helped me at that time. And I also went to an amazing osteopath who, you know, gave me some fermented drink to drink and, you know, told me to um, not rely on grains and, you know, properly prepared foods and that kind of thing. And at the time, I suppose, you know, I went and did all these things and I just didn't think all that much about it. And then I went and got really into fitness and going to the gym. I did competitive sailing growing up. Um, So I was really into all that kind of thing. And that was fine. And, you know, there was also the aspect of um, manipulating my weight for um, sailing regattas as well. So I was, you know, on one hand, I was restricting the amount of food I was eating because I wanted to look really good. So I was definitely under eating at different points in my life and counting on my calories and really you know, concerned about what I was putting into my body from that perspective, not from a nourishment perspective. Um, And then I also went to, you know, had this point in my sailing career where I was told to put on eight kilos, which, you know, over a three month period is really not physically possible for, you know, anyone, Um, not in muscle anyway, (laughs) not in any sort of Um, healthy way so that really messed with me even more because I was you know told to go and eat Mars bars and that sort of thing to put on weight which is you know I knew that wasn't right I didn't know a whole lot of about nutrition at that point but I was like this this doesn't seem healthy or sustainable so I would I had all these different you know confusing things going through my mind like what's healthy. I've seen these you know holistic approaches from being a teenager and you know now I'm being told just to eat crap to put on weight basically and mm. I was just so confused. And then again after all this training and you know partying and you know under eating basically and um, waking up at super early to go to the gym every morning and just flogging my body and working full time in a stressful job, I wound up with chronic fatigue again. And the next time round, I was like, oh, you know, great. No one can help me. Similar thing happened. I went to um, a bunch of different doctors and you know, I was told to suck it up, to have another cup of coffee in the afternoon to keep me awake, which is what? You know, very helpful, as we know. <laughs> really? I paid, I paid $400 for a 10-minute appointment um, with a specialist, and that was the advice they gave me. So,
0: And so how lost- old were you now? Like, how, how long was it between the first bout of chronic fatigue and then the second? Mm,
1: so... I was 16, 17 the first time around, um, and that went on for, you know, a couple of years. And then in my early 20s, that was, you know, the training and that kind of thing. And Mm. I'm starting to become more concerned about, you know, what I was putting into my body, sort of from an aesthetic point of view. And then the second time around, that was around my mid-20s. So around 25, I would say, that was when I, you know just hit a wall and was struggling I was absolutely struggling I it just you know it just got worse and worse basically and I was trying to cut back on work and you know come to agreements with work because I just couldn't um I just couldn't keep up working mm. um all time basically I um I had not hardly ever taken a sick day in my whole you know career and then all of a sudden i I felt my, I found myself having, you know, sick day basically every week. And then Mm -hmm. I just was struggling to make it through the day at work. So, um, and for someone who, you know, people pleaser and wants to do well and buy people and, you know, do the best I could in my job and that kind of thing, that was really, really hard.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. And what work were you doing at the time? Was it anything related to like health and wellness at the time or was it completely different? completely different. Yeah. yeah, so I was
1: working as a town planner in local government.
0: Oh wow. So okay. Different.
1: Yeah, very different. And yeah, I I think I came from a lot of, you know, I guess it was quite toxic workplaces. Wow. People were really unhappy, people weren't looking after themselves. Um yeah, I think that was that played a part in it as well, I, as I've since realized, you know, the whole emotional side of things as well as such a well I guess it can make or break our health as well and I'm sure a big part of that chronic fatigue was you know that was at the root of that for sure
0: yeah so um so then did you end up quitting work then when you were getting really really sick was that kind of when you started to go okay I really need to take a step back and need to kind of look into what the root cause is of this Mm -hmm.
1: yeah so yeah in that last last year of work I'd started studying nutrition and I listened to every single podcast I could find. I was seeing functional practitioners and, um, and all of that and realising you know, what I could do and taking my health into my own hands and all of that. But being in that environment, um, in that workplace that I wasn't enjoying and you know a lot of negativity and that sort of thing and also probably um, just working too much for where I was at with my body at that time, um I ended up just completely quitting my job. I just you know just couldn't work and then pretty much slept for a month as I you know did all the things that I'd learned to do with nutrition and and sleep and really gentle movement to start building myself back up and then um, around the same time, I started my nutrition business as well, and I went back to work just a couple of days a week as a town planner as well in a way that was you know, manageable after I'd given myself that rest and recovery for a few months.
0: Yeah. Right. Great. And so what were the things that you did then? What were the things that you started to implement to help support yourself during that like month as you were rebuilding yourself? What were the specific things that you started to implement?
1: So for me, it really started with nutrition and Um, I guess at the time it was sort of the whole the whole paleo diet thing, which I've since sort of adapted and found a way that that works for me and and tweaked and changed things. But basically just eating as much real food as possible, avoiding processed foods, um, you know, avoiding avoiding having things like too much coffee and things that were sort of overstimulating me, really focusing on getting enough sleep. Also things like, you know, at the time I'd been or right before that, I'd been really, you know, into working out in the gym and training really hard and that kind of thing. So that was a whole learning curve as well for me to mm. take a step back from that. It was really, really challenging. But at that time, I got really into yoga as well, which was awesome. Mm. But just learning to be okay with, you know, a gentle yoga class and walking and, um it was really a holistic, um, a holistic approach because the more I did, you know, starting with the nutrition, then I realized that, you know, I needed the movement that was going to support that as well and the sleep and also just things like going outside at lunch and lying in the sun for half an hour Mm -hmm. and just having space in my days, going for gentle walks and all these sort of emotional side of things that you really help people with as well. And I think that's so important, but a lot of people, you know, it's not the first thing they go to when they, when they want to support their bodies, but it's so
0: important. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Because it's the kind of thing that's not so tangible. We can't touch it. <laughs> we can't see it with our so eyes, true. whereas with food and with our bodies, our physical bodies, we can see if we're putting on muscle or, you know, we've got a flatter belly or whatever um, it is that someone wants to achieve in their, in their lives. Yeah, I fully believe, um, yeah, you know, that it is a holistic, it is complete holistic um, look at things. Now, I have a question on the the because there's a mindset shift that seems to have happened as well with you during that time so um you said that previously you were kind of flogging yourself in the gym you were like pushing yourself really hard to try and achieve a certain goal whether it was to look a certain way or to lose a certain number of kilos um and then there was a shift that happened. What talk to me about that shift that happened because it sounds like it went from a kind of purely trying to get something to actually looking at your body in a different way from a more softening and a loving perspective
1: completely and I think for anyone who's done any sort of you know sport or has trained in the gym for aesthetic reasons or you know does a lot of running to you know i guess for those kind of reasons it's really hard to make that shift i really found it quite challenging but i i didn't have a choice otherwise i might have kept going the way the way i was but yeah i think it just went from me you know having a choice about doing things for the, for those reasons so that i could look a certain way and to be fit as well that was definitely part of it but i think i realized that you know, nourishment and having a healthy body is the most important thing. And um, I guess realizing as well that there are ways of, you know, moving your body and feeling your body that, um, you know, that can make you feel good and also nourish your body at the same time. So um, it was a big shift and a big challenge. But now coming coming back into, you know, I've come back into training more and that kind of thing, which was also a challenge as well, because for me coming from that place of being so careful with everything I did and, you know, only doing gentle yoga and walking and um, not wanting to do any of the, you know, 10K runs or half marathons or, you know, any hard training, physical training, like I'd done before learning to you know come back into that as well and um and realizing that i'm strong and healthy again is has been a challenge as well but also so um yeah i think now i have such a different perspective it's not it's not i guess at that time it used to be you know wake up at quarter past five every morning go to the gym without fail you know work really hard take a pre-workout you know thing take a um yeah caffeine basically super early in the morning and um yeah chemical products to you know basically facilitate that training and now i go to the gym a few times a week i practice yoga i go for walks it's all just really fun and really enjoyable and i feel really good and it's not stressful. I'm not, you know, I'm not flogging myself. I don't have crazy rules. And it's the same with nutrition as well. I think a lot of people, you know, including myself, we go through that. We we learn about a specific diet or way of training and we just go at it 100%. And I think learning the way of, you know, approaching nutrition and movement and, um, you know even meditation and that kind of thing in a way that works in with our lives means that it's sustainable and it's fun and it's not a stressful yeah. thing
0: yeah it
1: nourishes your body instead
0: yeah i think and that, i think that's such an important point about doing things that are good for us but from a fun perspective rather than from this like pushing and striving place which actually kind of comes from i i'm not good enough as i am place
1: so true, so true and and, it, and,
0: it, and it's tense and it's um, constricted and it's you know it's so full of pressure, but that attitude can still come into yoga, and so it's you know my job as a as a teacher to hold the space to remind people to slow it down, to breathe, to feel into the bodies, but it's interesting because you can still do the ten k marathons or you know these types of things, but it's the attitude that you bring to it does it come from an enjoyment place or are you trying to prove something to yourself prove something to other people you know it's like it's it's what's the attitude or the intention that comes behind it as to kind of yeah how it can impact your body I think
1: totally agree yeah that's the crazy thing because I've you know I found myself doing that with yoga I've done it you know it's not even even movement but with meditation if you're like beating yourself up cuz you didn't meditate then you know you've got to find a way that is going to be productive doing all these things and enjoyable because yeah. there's no point living your life beating yourself up about the things you eat or mm. you know oh i didn't meditate this morning i'm a bad person you know it's it's just seeing those things as bonuses that we get to do not things that we have to do that um mm. you know uh tick marks of whether we're a good person or not basically
0: yeah totally i think yeah and it do you think that a lot of where do you think that this comes from do you think that it comes from society from school like you know where where did you see that kind of coming through for you in your life
1: that's that's a tough one i i suppose i think growing up doing all the the sports and yeah. the competitive sailing and that kind of thing it's like just seeing this as non-negotiable and and being sort of raised to be competitive I think whether or not you've grown Mm. up in sports we still get that through our schooling and everything as well and now it's even more of a challenge with social media because we're seeing all these people oh crap they're doing like four hours of yoga a day and meditating for an hour and then we're like oh you know I'm not doing that am I a bad person I think there's so many um you know external factors that are putting this pressure on us um and it's it's probably becoming more and more challenging with with social media which is why anyone that makes me feel that way on social media i am unfollowing because yeah. i only want that positivity and you know encouragement not comparison
0: yeah such a good point such a good point because yeah the whole social media thing has kind of made all of these things really kind of come to the surface, which in some way I think is a, is a way that we can actually really see what's going on and gives us the opportunity to make these changes like unfollowing people and really noticing how the impact of something like that has on our own kind of the way that we feel about ourselves. Um, but then at the same time, yeah, you know, you need to kind of make some shifts and some changes in your life to support that. Otherwise it can be, yeah, take you down with it. (laughs) Exactly. So true. Yeah. So let's um talk a little bit more about real food. Um so I know that um that's something that you talk a lot about with your clients and um, so what what for you is real food? So for me
1: real food is really basically eating, you know, unprocessed whole foods as much as possible, but it's all about finding the way of eating and um you know, the form of nutrition that's right for the individual because because we're all really, really different. Um, And while I have sort of blanket recommendations that I'll give people, you know, like, this is a good idea of how many serves of veggies to have in a day, or, or, you know, these are good quality proteins and that kind of thing. I don't want to tell you to eat X number of calories and, um, you know, this type of food is going to work for you or not necessarily. Of Mm -hmm. course, we want to ditch the the crappy processed foods as much as possible so that we're focusing on nutrient-dense foods. But I just think that if we just focus on, on real food, which is you know unprocessed unrefined food as much as possible, then you can't really do any wrong because mm. by default you're, you're getting rid of the processed foods. And it's not about um, never having those things, but I think if you can focus on having you know breakfast, lunch and dinner, Every day as much as possible from whole food sources you're going to be getting the nutrients you need to fuel your body you're going to be um, balancing your blood sugar so you have that sustained energy during the day and also I think when we have highly processed foods, we become really obsessed with food. I know I've definitely been there um, you know as a teenager and probably in my early twenties as well eating eating things that are really sweet, even things like milk chocolate, for example. It's hard to just have one piece. You wanna eat the whole block. Whereas if you have a piece of dark chocolate, for example, you're probably gonna be satisfied with just having one or two pieces. So by having real food as much as possible, it means we're way more likely to be able to make the choices that align with what we actually want for ourselves and you know, choosing that nutrient-dense food. And it can taste good. There's definitely ways of you know making it taste good and making all your favorite foods and dishes but sort of healthifying them
0: mm, yeah it's so true and so when you say whole food can you say exactly the types of foods you're talking about there
1: yeah of course so um the bulk of what we want to be eating um is veggies as much as possible and just things like you know animal proteins, fish, that sort of thing. If you're going to eat these foods, they are great and they're healthy. And I believe, you know, most of us do well eating them, but quality is very important, you know, um, for the planet and for the animals. If you can get uh, local sustainable and sort of ethically raised produce, that's going to do so much better by the planet and your body as well and happier animals too, which means they are healthier. So um, nuts and seeds fruit is great as well. Um, but sort of just being mindful of, you know, when it comes to fruit, people become a little bit fearful, I think, because we've been told not to have sugar and that has sort of transferred to fruit. Um, so we want to, you know, it's okay to have a couple of pieces of fruit a day, but maybe if you're having, you know, 10 mangoes a day, that might be a little, (laughs) a little different. (laughs) People do do that. Yeah. Um, So basically just unprocessed things. So things like grains, um, so, so, you know, rice can be great, um, legumes and things like uh, lentils and chickpeas and that kind of thing as well. So all grains and legumes, as much as possible, we want to properly prepare them. That is the way of saying, you know, whatever you need to do to um, break down the anti-nutrients in those foods that can be inflammatory, which is basically... Um, as simple as you know, soaking them for maybe a few hours or overnight before you cook them. So that's to do with rice, um, you know, lentils, any grains and legumes really. So you can just Google that how to properly prepare whatever, um, whatever it is that you're eating, and that just means that they're going to be so much easier to digest on your system. Some people don't do well with grains at all, but a lot of us, if we can actually just take a little bit of time to to pre-soak them before cooking them, it makes a huge difference. Um, and then, you know, nuts and seeds, and uh, I think for most people, we're better off without gluten. Plenty of people have problems with dairy mm. as well. Um, if you're going to have either gluten or dairy, the quality again is really important. So, if you're having, um, if you're going to have gluten containing things and make it a really good quality organic sourdough because that's going to have less of an impact on your body, less anti-nutrients, easier to digest. And with um, the dairy, as I said before, with the animal proteins and that kind of thing, again, quality is so important. So if you can get, you know, biodynamic and organic and cultured, that's going to have good bacteria that's going to help repopulate your gut and support your gut health instead of possibly taking away from it with the poor quality um, dairy products we can get with all sorts of crappy ingredients in them, like, um, you know, hydrogenated oils and and things that can be inflammatory and just aren't really supportive of our health.
0: Mm. So yeah. yeah, I
1: guess with all of these things, it's like nature knows best, really. If you eat these foods, they're going to fuel your body and um, reset your taste buds. That's probably one of the biggest things I said, um, I found with people from doing my detox program over the years is just how people's taste buds can reset and you can appreciate how sweet a green apple is versus, you know, when you're used to having sugar all the time, they can be super tart. So Mm.
0: yeah. Yeah. That's so true. That's so true. And have you noticed when you've been working with people and, you know, changing their diets um, and, you know, making those adjustments that, you know, things like having quite a processed food diet, whether it be you're getting lots of takeaways and, you know, you're eating like a lot of the packaged foods from the supermarket, then to switch into having more real food, there can be kind of um, a process there, like you were saying, where it's a readjustment in terms of the taste buds and all of that. Um, Because what I've noticed is when I, you know, back. A long time ago, you know, I'd have a bit more processed food. I've never really been that keen on it, Um, but I used to have it and then I used to almost crave more of it when I had it. And then the same seems to have been the reverse for when I eat healthy, I crave healthy. And then if I put processed foods in my body and I've been eating healthy, I feel sick as a dog. Mm. Have you noticed that in yourself with other people? Is there any research around that?
1: Yeah, definitely. So do you mean in terms of, um, you know, just the sort of behaviour and I suppose the taste aspect of it, like you, um, or do you mean like you've cut out, say, gluten for a period of time and then you have it again and it makes you feel worse than before?
0: Yeah, I think um, more the first first thing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, just kind of like making that adjustment.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think there are different ways of doing things. But what I really love to do with people is, um, okay, everyone's different. I will preface it this um, by by saying that everyone is different. And some people do really well with baby steps and that really suits them. But for most people, what I like to do is say, okay, this is the way of eating. You're just going to give it a go just for two weeks or sometimes three weeks, depending on what they have going on. Just two weeks, we're just going to eat unprocessed food um, as much as possible so lots lots of veggies you know maybe good quality fats and proteins um, and cutting out sugar cutting out refined carbohydrates like pasta and breads and that kind of thing and we'll just give it just a couple of weeks and pretty much always the first you know Few days is really challenging because they're trying to figure out what to eat. And then, you know, by about day five, okay, they've figured out what to eat. That's become kind of easier. And the first five days as well, they can be, you know, have some sort of detox reactions. That's really common as well. So you might feel a little worse. Um, And during that time, it is challenging because they're still programmed to want the processed crap. But after about day five, for most people, they really start to come around and it becomes much easier. And that's what they start to crave is the real food. And they, you know, they enjoy it and they can appreciate the taste of it and they're feeling good. So it all makes it worth it. And what I see as well um, is when people do this kind of, you know, sort of, I call it a detox. It's really just eating whole foods for a couple of weeks. Um, But when people start to do this, They rarely go back to how they were eating before because they just feel so much better and have actually learned how to appreciate, you know, real food for what it is in that it can taste good. It doesn't have to be that hard um, Mm. to prepare and it makes you feel really good. So there's definitely a process and it can be challenging, but I think it's something that you just have to just push through and give it a go, and if you if you slip up and if you have the you know chocolate cake or whatever and you don't feel so good, you know that's okay. It's it's the long game. It's yeah. what you you know. If you wake up the next morning and eat your healthy brekkie again, that's what matters because you need to enjoy your life as well. And I'm not saying you can never have you know your cake and that kind of thing or your glass of wine. You want to mm. enjoy your life, but it's what you do most of the time and what you can actually sustain for the long term that's going to yeah. make the big difference in your life
0: yeah totally totally and I think you made a really good point at the start as well that it just depends on the person as well because I can see that with my clients and I can see that in myself as well what works for me may not work for someone else I know that some people that I've worked with are very like all or nothing and so to have you know i worked with this client and she had a thing with chocolate and if she had it in the house it would just all get eaten really quickly because it was there and so you know we were like well rather than depriving you from with you know from chocolate altogether you know we'll try the the dark chocolate but she was finding she was exactly the same with the dark chocolate maybe it would last two more days <laughs> but it would still go real quickly and so she was like for me I actually just can 't have it in the house, you know, and so I think that 's a really good point that for some people, it may be like you know actually to kind of strip out you know a lot of the stuff from the you know from the outset works really well for them, and then the body just you know re readjusts to so that versus other people maybe it 's you know more slowly step by step
1: mm, yes, definitely, and that 's something mm-hmm. i you know, I'm just looking at uh, introducing into my detox now. um have you heard of Gretchen Rubin's four tendencies? Mm. well, it's the four tendencies which are great as well for sort of sticking to habits, but there's also um I don't know what she calls this you know other other sort of way of thinking, but um there's also the moderator and abstainer, and I've just found that so interesting to think about because i I am, you know, a moderator at the moment. I've had t- times in the past where I feel like I've been an abstainer and the abstainer is a person that, um, um, you know, really just needs to not have anything around and just, you know, just never have the, have the chocolate cake. And they do well like that. And they're, um, you know, they're happy enough doing that. If, if they don't give themselves the choice, that's how they do really well and they can stick to the diet and stick to the training versus the moderator who is the person who you know can have the ice cream in the house and have you know a scoop every couple of nights and you know can happily moderate that so I think that's you know being aware of these kind of different approaches that we have and taking advantage of those because you know there's benefits to um you know and drawbacks to all of them but if you can find out what actually works for you what's going to help you stick to things and what's going to make your life easier then you know why not go with that
0: yeah yeah and I think that's interesting how you said that you were more like the abstainer and then you become more like the moderator so then potentially then people can change or train themselves over time
1: yeah yeah definitely and I think it's really been about well I guess different aspects you know when I was doing the whole bodybuilder style diet I was so depriving myself that I was like okay I want to have like cookies and ice cream on the weekend and I would just make myself sick so I guess that's that whole polarity versus now I'm eating like you know whole foods I'm not hungry I actually enjoy what I eat so if there's like ice cream and stuff around you know sometimes I might have it but I'm not crazy for it you know Mm. so I definitely think eating whole foods most of the time really helps with that as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. Love it. Great. Well, um, so wanted to talk a little bit about your detox, because I know that you're running a detox program at the moment. Can you tell people about what you're doing there?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So this is something I run for a couple of years now locally uh, in person groups and, and it's just really fun. So it's basically a program over four weeks. And each week you learn different topics that are related to the detox. And for 14 days, there is a sugar detox involved, basically. And I call it a sugar detox. Um, But if you don't eat a lot of sugar, it's still going to be a detox for you, basically. And it is everything I've discussed about before, just eating whole foods and you know, cutting the crap as much as possible to give your body a chance to heal and to start to sort of restore your intuition around food so you can make those positive food choices as well instead of making emotional food choices. And it's just crazy because I think a lot of people, you know, come into it and I think it's going to be very challenging and, um, you know, also people will do it for the weight loss as well. And they end up getting so more out of it, so much more out of it, I think they come to the end, and you know, yeah, a lot of people lose weight, but they also have more energy. There's symptoms that they didn't even really notice they had because they're so focused on on the weight loss that they you know joint pain and brain fog and these kind of things that just resolve, and all you're doing is eating healthy food basically mm. and in a fun way, because I think we can make healthy eating fun as well, so it's really fun. And I think it's good, really helpful, actually, being able to do it with a group of people, because I do work one to one with clients as well. And I love that. But I think most of us really thrive off that community. And if you can say, Oh, you know, do you have a recipe for this? Or, um, you know, whatever it is, or share what you're going through and your your challenges and hear that other people are going through the same thing. Mm. It's you know, it's really special to have that. It's really nice to have that. And it's, um, it's just that support and accountability when I find people who are, you know, whether it's the nutrition or, um, you know, just getting into healthy living in general, don't necessarily have people around them who are sort of into that and aligned with that as well. So it's really great to have that too
0: so definitely yeah Yeah, because because if you're married to someone and they're not on board with your new healthy way of living and they're wanting to eat a bag of chips and eat ice cream all through the night and you're trying to make a change it can be very difficult if you feel quite alone in doing that it can be Mm. slipped back into um you know maybe your old patterns so question on that. So what do you find when people um, come to you and they start your program? What are the main, because this is what I noticed with, um, you know, all of the coaching is that, you know, we make these plans and we start to, you know, take some actions and then the resistance comes up. <laughs> then the part of us that wants to go no I want to go back to my old ways I don't want to do this oh it's too hard blah 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 what are the types of resistances that you see coming up for people as they start to make these kind of more healthy choices
1: yeah I what I find actually is I feel like people have a lot of perceived res- resistance coming into it. So we start the program, for example, and we don't actually start the detox straight away. So they usually have a few days or a week before they actually start the detox. And I feel like that is often the the most challenging time because that's when they're like, you know, oh, all my friends go out and, you know, drink all this wine and I won't be able to do those things with them and things are going to change and I don't have time to prepare food and um, you know what's the family going to eat or you know like like I said like yeah. you said before, you know oh my husband won't be interested in this way of eating I think this is all the stuff that comes up before they start and definitely in that first mm-hmm. few days so um, anticipation well. almost totally totally oh, yeah. that's interesting. yeah another thing I've found as well is you know I have a certain number of the detoxes I do a year, for example. And people are often like, I won't do this one. I'll do the next one because I've got, you know, I've got a wedding or I've got, you know, someone's birthday or blah, blah, blah. And the fact of the matter is there's never a good time to make a healthy change or do a detox or, you know, join a gym or join a yoga studio. There's never a good time. You just have to start and do the best you can. And if you slip up for a day or you, you know, you end up having a few drinks or, you know, eating some cake, that's fine. Like I said before, if you get up the next day and just get back on, you know, the real food wagon and, um, you know, just keep taking those action steps in the right direction, that's going to get results. Whereas if you never start, you know, you're you're never going to get there. So I get it's challenging, but if you just start and you be okay with, not being perfect and not getting it perfect
0: Mm. um you know you will get the results eventually yeah totally (laughs) and i think as well by having these conversations and talking about some of the resistances that come up and making it kind of real helps um people realize that actually they're not alone in these thoughts it's just the mind it's just you know something Mm. that's going to come up it's just part of the process and that's okay (laughs) Mm. but just the actions despite of that like little voice in the head that's making all the excuses and then, you know, go Mm -hmm. ahead anyway. Um, So true.
1: And I think some people, you know, they're strategizing like now's not the right time, for example, but let's be honest, pretty much everyone in that couple of weeks has some sort of slip up at least once and it's okay, whether it's a planned, you know, slip up for a wedding or an event or something, or it's just, you know, you just couldn't help yourself when you were out to dinner one night you know, it's going to happen anyway. And it's fine. It's normal. You know, we're human. Yeah, But as long as you're doing what's right for your body most of the time, then that's great. You know, that's the main thing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. For sure. And what I find um, helps with um, keeping on track as you know, you're starting to make some positive changes in your life is knowing what your why is at the outset. So then when you go on this journey of making some, you know, really supportive changes, then when you do slip up or there's a resistance, you come back to the why and that keeps you on track. Because that always can be easy to go to go, I'm useless at this and then just quit.
1: So true. That's actually what we do in the first week of the detox. I get everyone to get their journals out and we have a little journal about the, you know, the deep why. Not not I just want to lose weight so I can, you know, look good or whatever. It's like what would that actually mean for you in your life? And if you can get connected to that, that's gonna make all the difference to, you know, whether you actually stick to these changes, you know, positive changes in the long term.
0: Yeah, for sure. Love that. So good. Awesome. (laughs) Um, so I ask every guest the same question. So what does becoming whole mean to you?
1: Becoming whole to me really just means finding what is right for the individual, I suppose, for myself. Having been on this whole journey, um, you know, I now appreciate more and more that each person is different. So whether that's with nutrition or with exercise, and also just, you know, with being able to sit with myself as well. Um, I think it's just becoming more and more of myself in every aspect of my life. And I think it's, you know, it's awesome. The message that you share as well in that, um, I guess, A lot of us are exposed to all this social media and advertising and we think we need to be, you know, a certain way in in all of these areas. But the more we can move towards becoming what is, you know, unique and individual about about each one of us, the more sort of impact and and power we can have in this world as well. And that's really awesome.
0: So true. Love that. Thank you so much, Fran. It's been a really interesting um, podcast episode with you. i have loved to learn more about what you do and where, you know, where it comes from and learning about your story and the passion that you have for what you do and what you're bringing to the world. So thank you so much. Um, and yeah. where can people find you um, to get some more information about your detoxes and also working one-to-one with you?
1: Yeah, so they can find me online at frandargerville.com Uh, And also on Instagram and Facebook at Fran Dargaville too. So pretty active on Instagram. So definitely hop on over there and chat with me about that and find out about my upcoming detox as well.
0: Awesome. I will put all of those details on the um, show notes. Thanks again and have a super wonderful day.
1: Awesome. Thanks so much for having me.
0: And there you have it. Thank you so much for listening. And I do hope that you enjoyed this episode and gained some new insights. If you're enjoying this podcast, please do share it with friends you think may benefit from the message. And if you'd like to rate the show and give it a review on iTunes, not only would I be so happy, but this will also help increase the show's visibility so that more people can benefit from the messages. I would love to connect with you so you can find me on Instagram. My handle is underscore Claire with an I and an E, Bradshaw underscore. I so totally can't wait to connect with you soon. Have a beautiful day.